Well, I mean, that's that's at the heart of everything. And what's fun is the markets is a great place to measure it and start. But this bleeds over into everything. You know, ironically, Joe and I were working with Abdul Haq. Who, if I, if you asked me, like, who are the great character people I got to work with, this was a commander that fought the Russians. He was trying to do exactly what that young lady was trying to do in Afghanistan and had hoped for. But he was captured by the Taliban and killed while we were trying to do this. Character isn't the easy route all the time and but at the end welcome to the jess larson show where i interview innovators and leaders um, this is part two of our interview with dan cooper ceo of rock investments which stands for return on character you can check them out at rocinvestments.com dan this is a pretty awesome thing you're doing of investing in people based on how good of a human being the ceos are and the and the the character as a financial edge. And if, if you missed part one, please go back and listen to all of the research and the work that Dan's works based on. So uh, basic question for you, Dan, there's a lot of people on the private side who are not who are not in the regulated world. For people who are unfamiliar, can you just give us the one-on-one on what an ETF is and why you thought that was the right vehicle for you guys? Yeah. An ETF is stands for Exchange Traded Fund, and it's a regulated investment product that houses investment strategies that the general public can buy just like you would a ticker of a company. And so our ETF is when you buy our, our Rock Investments ETF, you end up owning a portion of the company's holdings, which is our collect allocation to various different companies and CEOs. The reason we chose that is that we found that so many people are, are really interested in investing in character. And, and instead of making this just available to the ultra wealthy, we thought we should have a, a kind of democratization of access and make everybody be able to express their value for character in, the, in, in Wall Street. And so that's why we chose that, that product. Well, and, you know, those those other studies that talk about how investing in high character leaders can do like a 5x type of return versus others. I mean, it's a value that that, you know, regular people can get into investment that has a chance at a higher return, from my opinion. Yeah. Uh, well, that's so, what we hope. But past performance is no guarantee to future results. It's like, you know, you're like <laughs> your, your lawyer would appreciate that you yeah. got that in there. So in part one, we got to talk. Well, actually, before this next question, just quickly, what is the difference between somebody buying into a mutual fund, which sounds like, oh, this guy's picking a bunch of stocks for me versus buying into an ETF where it sounds like this guy's buying a bunch of stocks for me. Yeah. Mutual funds, I'm not an expert in mutual funds, but they they are taxed differently and they aren't as liquid. And so what's nice about the ETF world is that you can buy the an ETF and sell it the next minute you can. The liquidity is very high. ETFs also tend to be very a lot less expensive from a fee standpoint. And they also don't get taxed until you sell from a capital gains perspective. On mutual funds, you get taxed throughout the year. And so that's why there's been just this giant migration over to ETFs from mutual funds because of the tax efficiencies and just the general efficiencies of liquidity and, and cost. So that, that's one of the reasons why people choose ETFs these days more than mutual funds. You know, I kind of have to admire you. Like I, with our, in our world, we love private 
for our commercial real estate fund because it's so easy. Like you yeah. really have to jump through so many hoops to be able to do that. Like what what does it cost to start an ETF or to run an ETF? Just no, regulatory. Yeah. I mean it's it's very expensive. And you know, I have to I have to call out my my lead investor and one of my great mentors, John Montgomery, Bridgeway Capital Management. And that is we believe that that this has to be available to everybody. And to make it available to everybody, you have to take a disproportionate amount of risk up. You know, it costs a quarter million dollars a year just to exist as an ETF generally. And we're we're in lots of ETFs, Jets are are created by big giant companies like Blackstone, and they have giant distribution channels. We don't have that. You know, we are relying on word of mouth and people like you being willing to to kind of share their platform to tell the story, to get it, get it out to folks. And so, yeah, it's, it's not the easiest way to do it, but it's the right way to do it. I kind of like to think that it, that we're mirroring Costco and that we're trying to drive the expense to invest this way to the rock bottom as much as we can for the value of the investor long-term. And uh, to do that, you know, you got to take some risk up front, but we plan to exist, but you know, we're, we're never going to sell this to uh, a big company. We're going to try to create this so that the hundred years, as long as there's people that still care about character, rock ETF or rock investments is, is there to help them allocate in that direction. And, and are you allowed to disclose how big the assets under management are, how big the ETF is? Well, we just started about a month ago. So we're around 6 million today, but we're, you know, we're, we're just getting going. Yeah. No, that's exciting. So can you tell us another story of when you go out and do this analysis and you ask these questions, you know, hey, what CEOs do you think would put the interest of the company above their own personal interest or who's got more humility than, than, uh, than arrogance or these things? Can you tell us another story of, of, you know, the kinds of responses you get from, from analysts or people in the industry? Well, I mean, yeah, the response is generally, you know, there's, there's some people that, you know, don't get it and that's okay. But there's a lot of people that have responded in a way that says, finally, somebody's done this. You know, like finally, there's a way to affirm this and to value what we all know and see, right? And 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 so the, the interesting response has been really positive because it's like there was this kind of angst or or desire to to value something that nobody could find a place to value it, and now there's a place for it, right? You know, now now a CEO gets credit whenever they behave this way. Like there's an actual entity out there that says, "Hey, way to go!" You know, you, you're on our list because you you have some empathy and that you you have a humility. CEOs aren't used to getting credit for that. And, and lots of the times the CEOs that we find are not CEOs that you've heard of because they're, they're not in the spotlight. They don't want to, you know, be out there and, and shine all the time. They want to just do their job because they just intrinsically love it, you know? And, and so that's, in that sense, we're kind of boring. You know, I think we're looking for the boring CEOs that, that are trying to be, you know, journalists are on the front page of the Wall Street Journal all the time. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not to say that other CEOs can't perform, Jeff. And, and it's also not to say that, you know, that CEOs that may be on our, our, our list now can't eventually become, we don't see it as a fixed thing. I also don't see it as a moral thing. This is really important. Like from my standpoint, I feel like 
we all screw up every one of us and character is more measured by what we do when we screw up, you know? And, and so we, you know, unless it's just an egregious, egregious screw up, it's not necessarily mark against CEOs. It's, it's, it's a great opportunity for character to really shine. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's been fun to see people's reaction and I just, you know, we're just getting going. You're one of the first pod uh, casts that we're on and uh, really looking forward to kind of broadening the community of investors and people that think this matters. And we're really trying to make a call out to everybody is that if you think it matters, let's tell Wall Street it does by getting behind this investment approach. It's a yeah. big part of this. Yeah. Well, what's encouraging to me is that basically without getting the word out yet, you already have $6 million worth of investors saying that's a great idea. Like that's just encouraging for like the future of humanity. The people are putting millions of dollars behind this before the word has even gotten out about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, I think Character's been kind of kicked to the curb as a priority, you know, worldwide. And, you know, I think we can, we've seen examples, I mean, not to bring it too, you know, relevant, but, you know, the consequence of just void of, of character, look at what's going on in Eastern Europe, you know, and leadership that, you know, that just is totally absent of all these things and what happens. And, and to me, you know, we, we have to, as a society, value these values. It's if we don't, we corrode the buried thing that we all stand on and that's common decency and time common humanity. And, and that's where we debate the big issues in life, right? We can't debate the issues in life, no matter what side you're on, if you don't have common respect for their, for the other person across the, across the, the table from you, you know? So it's, it's, yeah, go ahead. I agree with you so much. We, you know, uh, a couple months back, we had this great young woman on the show who's, who helped rescue 150 of her classmates from the Taliban in September when they're all escaping. And yeah, it, it's this great Sorry, I'll have to send you a link. And so now we're trying to help her get scholarships. She just got a, she just got uh, accepted to Virginia Tech. And so one of the special ops guys who's actually been on the show is letting her and her sister live with his family. And he's just great. But but so she got into Virginia Tech. And one of the other podcast guests on the show who runs an AI company just offered her a school, an internship. She wants to go to school for AI, right? And so as part of the way we're trying to help her, you know, get some attention, because they Taliban took literally everything. She had her clothes and her passport. They took all her money, her bag, her everything. Like literally, it was like not an exaggeration. The clothes on her back and just her passport was the only document she was allowed to keep when she got into the airport. She's like completely starting from scratch, right? And so we've been trying to get her speaking opportunities. So like some big, like, you know, one of the top five biggest tech companies in the world is going to let her speak to their people. And we've been, I've been getting university professors to let her practice speeches to their classes and stuff, right? And so I get to listen in. It's like great for me, right? And she talks right now about what you're saying in Eastern Europe. She's like, she's like, our country had our president essentially have low character, steal a bunch of money and flee and fled the country. And the Ukrainians are so lucky to have Zelensky because even though there is such a dire situation, they've got a guy who's willing to choose his country over his comfort. Yeah. And and look at what like look at how the globe has woken up to to character again because of Zelensky. You know, we had one of his advisors, Igor Novikov, on, and the interview started beforehand. He's like, "How long is this going to take?" And I'm like, "Well, uh, you tell me, man. Your your time's more important than mine." He's like, well, "Let's do 30 or 40 minutes unless the bombs start dropping again." He's like, first time anybody said that, right?" But but she in these speeches to these university kids. That's what she talks about is like, she says, like, I'd rather die on my feet than I'd rather die on my feet than live on my knees and like take, you know, that Heraclitus quote. And like, she loves 
Zelensky and just wishes that that Afghanistan had had that kind of leadership in September when they, you know, when when basically we all just gave the country over to those people who, you know, murdered her uncle and started going house to house shooting people. And- well, I mean, that's that's at the heart of everything. And what's fun is the markets is a great place to measure it and start. But this bleeds over into everything. You know, ironically, Joe and I were working with Abdul Haq. If I, if you asked me like who the great character people I got to work with, this was a commander that fought the Russian. He was trying to do exactly what that young lady was trying to do in Afghanistan and had hoped for, but he was captured by the Taliban and killed while we were trying to do this. Character isn't the easy route all the time. And, but at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's the route that is definitely the most rewarding from a personal standpoint. And then you get to sleep at night. And yeah. You get, to, you get to sleep at night. I, I think, I think that this discussion is so critical for our time and, 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 and the more we can put kind of a clear articulation about markers of what character is, and then kind of high five it when we see it, you know, in the world. And that could be a business that could be like Bob the Butcher down the street who, you know, cares more about you for some reason than himself, right? That matters, you know, as a company that matters to us. Those are the kinds of things we want to kind of push up, not just in the investment world, but all over. And, and it just, you know, I think it's a, it's a subject that needs to be more discussed and it brought full center. Yeah. You know, on the first episode, we talked about, you know, what a fan I was of your, your mentor, Joe Ritchie and, and how, you know, I just have so much admiration for a billionaire who's willing to spend his time, not just his money, helping others. Right. And, uh, and we promised you we were going to tell some Rwanda stories. Can you, can you talk about just, you know, post the Rwandan genocide, what, what you got to go over there and do with him and some of those effects of getting business leaders and community leaders and political politicians and all that, just what a success story for, for Africa to look up to. Yeah. But ironically, it just dovetails perfectly into what I'm doing now. And, and I'll tell it from the standpoint is we lost Abdul Haq and we were working with that Abdul Haq and I didn't want anything to do with foreign countries. And so I went out and I built the first character fund. And, and so I had this list of these great CEOs and, 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 and Joe was so excited. And about that time, we got to know the president of Rwanda. And I was like, oh no, not another country. <laughs> and, but you know, uh, what year is this? How long after the genocide? This was in about, this was about 2002, you know, 2001, 2002, when in three, 2003 was my first trip over to Rwanda. And, and this president, when, when was the genocide? 94. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so this president didn't have much interest in spending a lot of time in Washington, D.C. He was really keen on business. And so we said, well, let's introduce you to all our CEOs on our list. And, you know, it's so I started calling up these prep, these CEOs of these huge companies and saying, hey, I have a head of state that wants to come meet you. And, and, you know, you, you tend to think CEOs are, you know, get a lot of interesting calls, but they don't get a lot of those calls. And, and so, so we would get these meetings and I'd run these road shows. We'd jump on the jets and secret service and we'd land and, and, and we started introducing them to all these can players. We, can we pause for one second? Yeah. Is that because the secret service helps protect 
foreign heads of state when they're in America? Yeah, it's their obligation. It's a big thing. Yeah. So every time you go anywhere with a with a head of state, they have to do a pre-run through every location and they travel with the president. And yeah, it's, a, it's any country in the world that shows up with their head of state in the United States is taken care of by the Secret Service of the United States. But anyway, one of the ways that Joe, was, Joe and I were able to make a big difference in Rwanda was kind of through the character strategy because we knew that President Kagame had a high level of character. We knew these CEOs had a high level of character and we just started marrying the two, you know? And, and so I'll give you a few examples. You know, I, I mentioned Jim Senegal. That's how I got to know Jim originally. And Jim hosted President Kagame and ended up buying, I think, two thirds of the country's specialty coffee, you know, and helping the coffee industry. And then of course he pulled in his buddy, Howard Schultz, who also, you know, at Starbucks got really involved where I was able to introduce the CEO of Burlington Northern Railways, you know, Matt Rhodes. And Matt said, hey, you know, we've made billions of dollars worth of mistakes in the railroad industry. We can help you not make billions of dollars of mistakes. I think that was Jim Senegal that did that as well. And they founded their first airline. You know, all these things kind of grew out of a common understanding of character. And then also Joe had no stake in it. We didn't have any economic, you know, position. We weren't trying to get a piece of the airline deal or, or anything. We were, we were just trying to make, make, uh, a kind of a thoughtful contribution through relationships and people of character and honor. And, and that's the way Joe made his mark in the world. And, and we wanted, I mean, the things that happened beyond that were incredible ones that I've kind of lost track of as far as all the different things that ended up happening. But that's the way Rwanda was impacted by Joe. It, it's fascinating the long-term advantage of overcoming our natural tendencies for self-interest, right? Like you think about the kinds of things that Joe can do, the kind of things that you're doing, because, you know, like a Jim Senegal or, you know, the heads of these airlines or these people, like you have got to come across as so uncommon when you put together a lucrative opportunity like that and aren't trying to weasel your way in somewhere that you're not actually, you're not actually adding value. You just happen to be the go-between, right? Yeah. Like I'm not saying that's not adding value, but you know, like how many times have we been introduced by people who have no economic value to add to a deal other than the introduction? And they're saying like, well, what's my piece? And how do I insert my myself in here and I could be an airline executive and you know right 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 and so when somebody does us a solid we're like hey I'm I'm you know thank you so much that's gonna be so great for us I'm gonna hook you up and they're like oh you don't need to hook me up I'm I'm good like we're just like yeah. really no no I want to take care of you're like listen when, when they're like I don't need to be taken care of like yeah. you know let's just stay friends you're like I love that guy that guy can call me for anything you yeah. know that's right. And trust is formed forever, you know, and, and, and Joe used, and I like to think I did too, a different measuring stick for value, you know, the chance to be involved in, you know, disproportionate impacts of, of, for people's lives and nations, that's the win. I mean, that, that for him was always the, the kind of the thing that he just chuckled about. Like, are you kidding? This is unbelievable. We just helped get a railroad launch. We, you know, we're helping the country of Rwanda, uh, you know, maybe make progress, but they're doing it totally on their own. And we get to sit kind of at their feet and help out. You know, it's, you know, it's just a totally different part. So refreshing. And uh, I was lucky to, to walk by his side for 12 years, you know, you know. Yeah. Well, maybe to end off here. Well, first, everybody, please go check out Dan's company, rockinvestments.com. Learn about his ETF if you haven't already or connect with, with Dan, Dan Cooper on LinkedIn. Dan, I'm, I'm interested, you know, 
you've, you've had such an interesting background. You're mentored by a billionaire and flying around the world with secret service on, on these jets with heads of state and raising millions of dollars. And so I'm sure people come to you for advice on things. What's something that you think people don't ask you enough? What should they ask instead of what they're always asking? I think, uh, I think we should measure our success in relationship, not dollars. And, you know, I look at some people that are very wealthy, but they are so relationship bankrupt and they're hollow, you know, and at the end of the day, for those of us that, you know, you know, go through hard times, which I've gone through hard times, the currency that I cashed in on was relationships and friends trusted me, loved me, not their checkbooks. You know, and, and I just think a, a man's measurement is really based on the friendships that they, f they form over life, over a lifetime <laughs> and the friends and, 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 and cause it's really, I mean, even if you looked at it purely from an economic standpoint, let's say you're really good at baking it. You still, the benefit is so extraordinary to have faithful friends and, and it, and it, and it outpaces money by such a huge margin. And, and so to me, that's what we should all be working towards. And that's how we should guide every interaction with everybody that we, we encounter is, you know, can I form a friendship? Can I form a, a friendship here that is beyond economics, but is a lifetime kind of uh, relationship that could maybe end up pouring into my kids at some point. You know, I mean, the payout is so multi-dimensional that I sometimes have a hard time understanding why it's not more commonly understood. <laughs> you know, I, I managed, it's, it's so funny how much this lines up with like one of my business heroes, Warren Buffett, which I know everybody says they like Warren Buffett, but like I can say I've genuinely spent years and years study, you know, reading thousands of pages of his books, going to, you know, flying out to shareholder meeting, taking courses on him, I actually teach a course on him. Like I'm, I'm, you I feel like I've got genuine fanboy status. Okay. Yeah. And that's like your brain. Yeah. So, you know, I I made enough money to retire two different times in my 20s and lost it all both times. Okay. Speculating. And so I went to Warren Buffett of like compound history. I'm like, well, this end of the spectrum sucks. I'm going to the other end of the spectrum. What's the farthest you can go away from this? Because it's just so painful with my money, my grandpa's money is my hero in life. Like, I mean, it was just devastating. Right. right. And so I go to the, as far as the other end of the spectrum as I can, I'm going to Warren Buffett just for the money. And over and over, you constantly hear him talking about integrity and character and takes, you know, 20 years to build a reputation and five minutes to lose it. And right. he, you know, he writes these letters to his, his CEOs, like we can afford to lose money. We can't afford to lose one shred of, of character integrity, you know? And, right. and then your point about relationship, you know, here's the guy who off and on gets named richest person in the world, you know, depending on the year. Right. And his, in his mind, the ultimate sign of success is do the people who love you, love you back. Do the people you love, love you back? Yeah. And isn't that available to 100% of, of humans on earth? Yeah. You know, that's not, that's not do with where you're born. Did you go to school? Are you a business person? Are you a street sweeper? Like that's available to all of us. Do yeah. we make the kind of choices? Do we make the kind of choices that invite the people we love to love us back? And I don't know, it's, it's kind of a fun thing that, that here's the guy who could buy literally anything money can buy. And he thinks that's the highest value thing that doesn't take a dime. Exactly. And it's available to everyone, you know, and, and the other thing too, that's amazing is 
is that a guy like that has a platform, he, he articulates it. I know his son, Howard, and his son, Howard, is the same way. You know, it's all about relationship and trust. And, and it's, it's, it's just like this universal gift that we get, you know, that's always, I always think, I always laugh when people say giving, you know, and big wealthy people give and like, oh, wow, such a sacrifice. I mean, does, I mean, we all know the joy you feel inside your heart when you're able to give something. I mean, the asset of that is just extraordinary. <laughs> it's right. the same thing with friendship. There's these kind of built in kind of human qualities that purport, you know, generate disproportionate amounts of joy. And, you know, friendship and giving, I think, are, are, are two of the highest ones. I love it. I am so excited you're doing this business. We need to have you back on. You know, you should come on like every six months to tell us how the progress is going or something. Yeah. And, and, and I don't know. I'm, I'm excited that you are proving that it's not do what's right or make money that those you know that that's not that that's a false dichotomy that yeah. we can that we can choose both i think we can and in this case especially when you diversify over the entire market i think you can and the other thing too is i want to hear i want to be a, a a place where we start to learn about the ceos that people think really should be on our list you know i would love for people to say oh man i know this ceo you guys need to look at him because ultimately the best testimony of a person's character is the people that know them in the trenches and know their reputation. How do you want yeah. to reach out to you for that? Yeah, reach out to me on LinkedIn. And and again, we're looking for, we're not looking for bad stories. We're looking for the CEOs that people think, you know, meet our definition or their definition of character. And uh, the more that we as a collective society can start recognizing those folks and identifying them, the more we can affirm that in the marketplace. And we hope to affirm it, you know, through rock investments. So great. You know, this has been so fun. You, you for sure have to come back on and tell us how the progress goes. Well, I'd, I'd welcome the opportunity to do that. And any chance to kind of grow a community, I'm calling like generate rock and uh, rock ambassadors, return on character ambassadors. Let's, let's, let's work together to build that community because if the, the stronger it is, I think the better our collective society and our world will be. And we're just getting started, Jess. Just getting started. <laughs> I love it. Okay, let's stay in touch. All right. Have a great day. Bye, everyone.